So what if one day, Wilford Brimley, you finally meet him and he says, I'm going to teach you how to be a weatherman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find, the greatest movie podcast ever. Assuming you've never listened to a movie podcast before, I'm your host, Adam Portress, and this week I've got somebody joining me on the show, but if you listen to a lot of my stuff on the internet, chances are you probably know this young man. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Film Find. I think, I could be wrong, but I think since uh, Captain uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, you have not been on the Film Find since then. Ladies and gentlemen, Bruce Leslie. <laughs> hey, I'm a, glad to be here. That's man. the sound of everybody just turning their MP3 player <laughs> off and just going. Is Mark Marin got a new episode? What is? Oh, we thought he was going to have somebody cool on. <laughs> but we, hey, you deal with the hair that's dealt you. All right. <laughs> yeah, you're tired of listening to the people on my uh, regular show. Listen to my other show where you can hear the same guy. Yeah, just keep it up. What's the biggie? Who cares? <laughs> Not a big deal. Uh, but we got a, a, a quite a fun show here for you. I hope uh, that uh, everyone else enjoys it as much as I plan on doing because I was I was set up this week, everybody. I was set up. Bruce, I, 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 I said, uh, hey, if you want to get on the show at any time, no rush. I know you're filled up with uh, lots of things to do all the time, including all the shows that we do. Uh, but if you want to come on and talk about something at any point, let me know. And you said, I'm off work this week, so I can <laughs> do it anytime. Yeah, this so is like, my perfect. personalized spring break. So I was like, okay, perfect. Well, I, I can do something. What do you want to do? And you mentioned a movie that I had never heard of. I Well, maybe I had heard the name in very quick passing, but I had zero clue about it. And you said, hey, I, I went to see this Demon Slayer movie. <laughs> Now say the full name there. Adam. What's what? Did, I can't. Why? Yeah. Why? Do you know who you're talking to at this point? <laughs> Demon Slayer Kometsu no Yaba, the movie Mujin Train. I think that's why I brought him on here mostly. It's just so he can. <laughs> oh, do- I have it written down. There's. I am not by any means like a, a hardcore Demon Slayer fan. I was. I was recruited by my daughter. Yeah, and that's that's certainly something that I want to get into because I I'm like, where did uh, where do you come up with this one? <laughs> <laughs> for but uh we'll talk all kind of about that and everything uh before we do though uh what do, do you have any uh what you've been watching obviously we we, we cover some stuff on uh hero movie podcast and uh and uh i guess technically we can call it marvel 30 questions but right now it's yeah. falcon and winter soldier 30 questions i i think the the most unex i don't know if it would be unexpected or not something that i watched just for the heck of it which i don't get to do a lot but when I was on Tubby watching Dollman for something that I didn't have to watch for like a month, you know, I watched the <laughs> Dollman movie, which is an absolute treat in and of itself. I can't wait till we cover that on HMP. But I also happened to notice that Tubby had the the complete run of ALF. So I watched the first two episodes of ALF, take a nice little trip down memory lane, see if I can develop a theory about ALF. Uh, I loved Alf back in the day. I was such a huge Alf fan. I was a child, uh, you know, a small kid when that show came on. Uh, one of my prized possessions for the longest time as a kid was a an Alf puppet. That oh came. man, you were lucky. It was a small. It was a hand puppet. So don't don't think that I had anything that was super fancy. And I think it probably came with like maybe a McDonald's Happy Meal or something. Perhaps something <laughs> along that line. Well, I'm a good number of years older than you, like six, seven, something like that. But man, I, I too loved Alf when I was a kid because it's still like junior high or whatever for me. I mean, it you would have been really young when you were watching Alf. Yeah, I mean, and, and there were probably some reruns and stuff like that. And that was, uh, but yeah, I, I think I was probably five or six at least. I know I, I can remember because I, I don't think I have any super strong memories up until around six years old. Anything before that is is just kind of blips and bloops and like lost images in your mind, you know? It's like, did I really even did that stuff even actually happen? I don't know. Oh man, I have tons of that where like the the Star Wars holiday special. I didn't know if I really watched that or made it up until many, many years later when it was something you could find and, and have proof that yes indeed you did watch this bizarre thing. 
Yeah, it's uh, I, I'll take it. It's but it, that, yeah, I was twelve years old when Alf premiered, so yeah, I was still pretty young. Yeah, that makes, I loved it. That, that puts it about right. So maybe Alf was on for a little bit uh, by the time that I ended up watching. So I, he was still in the zeitgeist. I'll tell you that much. <laughs> oh man, uh, if you had an Alf T-shirt, you were rocking it at school. You were you were having a hard time keeping the ladies off of you if you had an Alf T-shirt. <laughs> we had we had so many of that stuff, but uh, and also became my uh, uh, big love for Bob Seger. <laughs> because of Alf. Because of Alf. Because he sang old time rock and roll with like I mean, it was obviously I, I did not know this at the time, but the uh the risky business, it was a parody of that essentially. <laughs> and you just thought Alf made it that way. As far as I was concerned, at the age of probably seven or eight, yeah. I, I guess that was really <laughs> That was it. <laughs> I like to picture risky business, but the Rebecca De Mornay character was Mrs. Catonic. I hate. I would watch that. Do you ever think the dad kind of looked a little bit like Joe Joe Lieberman? Yes, I think that as soon as you said it, not before, but I do now. <laughs> I see it one hundred percent. As a kid, you know, uh, first off, I got to confess, I've always had this weird thing where, like, I think people look like that. Other people think I'm crazy. Like, I like for well, a long time, I thought Josh Brolin and Dennis Quaid looked alike. Like, yeah, that's one no, example. There. No, that's that's certainly one that's not. <laughs> You see what I mean? Yeah, so, really. so I used to absolutely get confused between uh, Willie on Alf and Mr. Belding. Oh, wow. That's yeah. I wouldn't I wouldn't put that one together. But yeah, I think I've got like a facial recognition thing. So it's like they both have the receding hairlines. They're white guys. So I just kind of for a long time kind of confused the two of them. Yeah, they're plops in everybody's theory, which is correct. All white people look alike. They all look like Joe <laughs> Lieberman and the dad from Alf. And apparently Mr. Belding as well. That's just I guess that's just your stereotypical white dude. Yeah, so I was I've kind of abandoned the idea right now. Maybe I'll pick it back up some other time. But I was working on a really dark conspiracy theory about Alf. So I was watching the first couple of episodes. Okay. I will I will tell anybody this. Uh go look for the Alf outtakes on YouTube. They are fantastic. Because it's it's like a lot of these shows, and you see a lot of these outtakes with like Jim Henson and stuff like that. Uh the puppeteers stay in character. And people will start talking to these things as if they are those actual creatures. Well, that's that's part of my conspiracy theory. I don't think there really was a puppeteer. I think that this guy captured an alien and he was trying to play it off as a puppet so he could get the money. But when you read the behind the scenes, like if he did a, a guest spot on some kind of variety show or something, no one could ever actually see the puppeteers no crew no cast the alien was transported in a box and then it popped out speaking and talking and moving uh, i mean it, and it's i think he was actually an alien and and you know it was a super popular show and it gets canceled without any explanation i think that they killed alf hey listen you're talking to a man who owns an entire blu-ray series of all of the x-files so i'm yeah. you know i'm down with it i'll, I'll take so i had out. collected lots and lots of evidence i was going to put a, a conspiracy video together then i got sidetracked with demon slayer <laughs> it happens it happens uh yeah i i've been watching some stuff uh lately i i feel like after all of the oscar stuff now i can finally watch some things uh, because oh, I, yeah. you know, there's there were so few movies out there, and they put them up and everything. And because of HMP, not because of, but I guess in spite of, but that's not a negative term, I guess. Uh, I we I haven't watched the Oscars in years, and it's been great. Yeah, we're usually recording during the Oscars. I'm with you. I've never I I quit caring about the Oscars, and that's you know I'm not a cool guy to say that. It's no. it's I think it's a huge wave of. People who like movies and stuff have stopped caring about the Oscars within the past 10 years. Yeah, but uh, obviously there's some stuff that's out there now, so I'll be seeing more of those and uh, probably reviewing some of those on uh, on this podcast as things go on. A buddy of mine, uh, Micah, who has a, uh, he has a podcast out there, 10 Bell Podcast, if you're into wrestling and uh, the history of wrestling. It is to wrestling uh, what heroes and villains is to comic books. Oh, cool! They kind of they uh, go into it and everything, and like if there's uh, and they've been doing the show for a while, so check check yeah, it out because if he needs a uh, uh, like a replacement co-host, uh, Chris Elvins would be great for that. I've never met anybody who eats and breathes wrestling like that guy. Those it's it's pretty crazy. But a buddy of mine, Micah, he uh, he bet seven hundred dollars on the Oscars in various categories, and he huh. cleaned up. 
he made a total profit minus that 700 so he made that 700 back plus 1700 more huh <laughs> so next time i see him at the bar uh he's going to be at least buying one round because my yeah, word yeah that's that's a nice haul on the oscars but it something about the like the principle of of betting on a popularity contest seems wrong. Like can people bet on like Miss America and Miss World and Miss Universe and stuff like that? Oh, I think I mean if I'm not if I'm to understand, people can bet on all these reality shows and everything that are always out. People there's I, I think if there's a halfway decent chance that you can gamble on it, uh, somebody's found a way to uh, make sure that you can. I, I just know if people can rig like college and professional sports and boxing matches, it would be very easy to rig the Oscars because those people don't even know what they're voting for half the time anyway. That's very true. I mean, a lot of people don't think about that. And then and it, there are so many of these things that you can vote for that you don't even have to, you know, for lack of a better phrase, Prove that you actually watched. You could just go like, oh, Tom Hanks. I love Tom Hanks. Vote. Oh, yeah, man. There's a lot of that. You just get a ballot, and it's what name do you recognize? And, and then there's always the kind of like. <laughs> I do that every November. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're just like, I don't think this guy's well, been a jerk. My cousin had a name like that. I, wonder, I bet this is a nice city councilman. Later, I find out he eats children or something. I don't know. I uh, uh, don't want to get too topical, but like local elections. All I know is like, have I met that person? That name's familiar. I have no idea who I'm voting for for school board. I've never trusted a Brenda. <laughs> Gonna have to say no to that one. Somebody else, please. <laughs> oh, Kelly, she sounds cute. <laughs> Take that one. Yeah, you get a vote. <laughs> I always like. I was. I, I. I had an idea uh, this last election as I was kind of. You know, you're at the little uh, the electronic voting machine there, and you're picking all your stuff. And there were uh, people that ran like unopposed. Yeah, and uh, I had a, I had an idea for a movie where a guy, um, he's like this this lazy guy and everything, and his mom actually started a write in campaign for him amongst her friends, and so there was like a thing that was going on. No one was getting any of these votes. It was and sometimes they have stuff that comes up for a vote and no one's even there. You know, if you're the only person yeah. that runs for dog catcher, you can get dog catcher, and I think that's what my idea was. Is like this guy goes. He, uh, his mom gets him elected as dog catcher because he won't get a job. And then his job then is to go out and uh, uh, try to catch dogs. He meets a girl on the way and blah, 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 movie. Oh, man. I, I In the real world, you know how people like snipe eBay auctions? Oh, yeah. You just you just wait. And if there's something nobody's bidding on, you wait till like the last second you put in your bid. I've thought about going down to like the court clerk's office and trying to snipe a public job. Like, like you just wait till five minutes before the filing deadline and you see what nobody's filed for and you just file for it and hope that it pays after you win. Well, and, <laughs> well, and that's the big thing, too. You know, with 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 government money and everything, you're probably going to be paid halfway decent. And if you're a government employee, you don't really even have to do that good of a job. They'll keep continuing to pay you. That's kind of how the, the whole system works, unfortunately. Yeah, then you're the incumbent as a local sewer inspector. I don't even know what things get elected, but, you know, I just thought I'd go there, look for what nobody has filed for, and then five minutes to go, I give them my $35 check or whatever you have to do. You throw sign in on the comptroller. That's always the one that, like, no one knows what the hell that person does. You just be like, he's running for comptroller. Man, you could really get a nice side gig going doing that. See, you don't know. Especially if you're crooked. Yeah. <laughs> that's That's how they do it. Uh, all right, so today we're talking about uh, Demon Slayer the movie. That's what I'm going to call it, because I'm not even going to give an attempt to uh, to make yeah, that yeah. one good. Uh, but let's go ahead, and luckily I found an English dub trailer, so let's listen to the trailer for Demon Slayer on a Train. To die while in the rapture of a dream... A blessing indeed. Fall deeper. And deeper still. Into your dream. Look! Welcome home, Tanjiro! <laughs> We're in danger! You've got to wake up! What an ugly mess. Flame breathing, first form. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. 
Keep them fools! Nezuko, I will protect you. Wake up and fight! You have to... I'd say that's pretty close to uh, the feel of the entire movie. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think there's more action in the movie than the trailer. That's, that's weird. That Now, I didn't see the, the images they were putting on screen, mm -hmm. but that feels like the rare underselling the movie trailer. Yeah, as wild and crazy as it ends up getting, I, I feel like this was a, uh, we need to uh, um, to advertise to like four quadrants. Like, yeah. let's make sure that we can kind of get a little bit of everybody in on this because... I this and this was what was really fun for me. Bruce uh, suggested this, and I was like, "Okay, cool. I think I've seen the name, and that's it. I know nothing about this whatsoever. Let's go see it." And so I, I called up my brother, and I was just like, "Hey, I'm going to go see this." Funny enough, he had actually watched like three episodes of the anime or something, so he at least uh -huh. had a tiny bit of background on it. But I knew absolutely nothing. Uh, we went to the. Uh, so you said you saw it in the theater. I went and saw it in the theater, and the thing that kind of drove me over the top is I was ready to see it anyways, because I was just like, fine, yeah. Bruce saw this movie, he seemed to enjoy it, I want to see whatever this is, and we'll talk about it. But when I saw that it was in 4DX here, I was like, I've got to pay for this. <laughs> uh, and so so we did, and once, it, once the machine finally got running, because there was a little bit of a hiccup to begin with, but once things got running, man... I think I took a movie that I had no clue what it was about and I think I would have enjoyed I think I would have enjoy enjoyed it without the 4DX but man that 4DX turned this movie into just an absolute killer. Now to quote your brother, he said it threw you around like a roller coaster once it got going. So oh, I'm yeah. picturing a really vigorous movement in your chair. The, yeah, I mean, like there there are moments where like these great, uh, like if you go to a 4DX and they do like really good transitions and stuff. And I, I've seen three or four uh, uh, of these at this point. You know, they'll go like, oh, this nice smooth motion and everything. You feel like you're on top of the crane that's got the camera in it and everything, and you're flying over the train or all this other kind of stuff. Or you look up to the sky or down below and everything. They tilt you just just enough to where it's like it, it really in, encapsulates everything in there, makes you feel like you're actually there. And then there are moments when fighting goes on and things go bug nuts insane. Lights are flashing, uh, air is shooting out at, at, at the back of your neck and everything. Water gets splashed into your face. Snow comes on the screen at one point, which should have been more. I've yet to really go to a 40X presentation that I would call flawless at this point. Yeah. Uh, when I went to see uh, the last King Kong movie, not this most recent, but the one previous the to Skull that. Skull Island. King, no, no, uh, King of the Monsters. Okay. When I saw King of the Monsters in 4DX, that was the closest that I could say of perfect, but it, it all amounted to where I sit. So, like, I'm not sure if the theater I am in is a little bit off or doesn't do all the things all of the time because it's supposed to have, like, smell and everything. I only smelled one time in this entire movie, which is hilarious because... Uh, the main character mentions smelling stinky yes. demons like a gajillion times. And I'm like, why am I not smelling something like some sulfur smell or something to where I <laughs> the can. The guy they paid to pass gas couldn't produce for your showing. It was unbelievable. I was like, that kind of just drove me bananas. And there was one time where uh, when the uh, the yellow character, I'm sorry, I, these names are the most anime names I've ever heard in my entire life. Oh my god, it felt like white people writing down anime names <laughs> that were just super super anime specific kind of names. Uh but it was uh I I, I it, as dumb and silly as all of it was, this entire package uh just it's like murder on the Orient Express uh meets <laughs> David Cronenberg. <laughs> yes, yeah, Cronenberg's a great uh, comparison to make. Uh wrapped up in a crazy, you know, oh, plus inception. Uh yeah. wrap that yeah. all up in a crazy Japanese thing and shake the crap out of that ball. And that's that's what this movie is. 
Yeah, this this movie is one that I had a, a, a strange experience with. First off, I went to be a good sport. You know, I was mm-hmm. going, uh, daughter wanted to see it. Nobody else was willing to go with her, so I went with her. Was she, was she, so she's a fan of the show previous? or She's a fan of the show on Netflix. Okay. Yes, there's one season. She's seen it all. She likes it. She wanted to go to the movie. Mom wasn't going to take her, so I <laughs> took her. And uh, I'm going in, and I'm doing, like, the real supportive dad, be a good sport kind of thing. Like, yeah, yeah, we're going to have fun. We're yeah. going to get some popcorn. We're going to have fun. And, you know, we kind of have a just a cold opening. I mean, we get introduced to the characters. Uh, you just need to figure out what's going on, you know? Yeah, they do and not I'm, hold your hand whatsoever. And immediately I find a character. I'm like, okay, I'm going to like this guy. I'm just going to like, like, this is going to be my reason for watching this because I like this guy. And that's the guy, the wild man with no shirt and the boar head. Yes. I was like, all, to give you an idea now, like we said, Bruce and I were not aware of this before going in. We know none of the characters and, yeah. and every character in this show is just treated like, yeah, that's, that's right. That's what's going on. It's, it's very matter of fact. <laughs> There's not a lot of questions asked. They do not hold a lot of hands going into this, letting you know exactly what's going on. They just throw you to the wolves and say, "Okay, there's a there's a shirtless man with his boar uh, with a boar head on who sounds an awful lot like uh, Charlie Day." Yeah, and it's Anoske. That's his name, Anoske or Anoski. And I just decide, okay, so so caveman sees a train for the first time. I can relate to this. This is broad. You know, this is broad comedy, broad <laughs> strokes, something I can grab onto and relate to. Also, you know, we watch a lot of TV. We watch a lot of movies. We listen to books. We read comics and stuff. So I can understand tropes and character types yeah. and that kind of thing. So even though I don't know the particulars of this character, I know enough about, like, this type of storytelling that I can get a grip on something. I just, you know, I identify with the Noski crazy guy going in on the train. He's going to be crazy. I'm going to like this. It's going to be like Encino man, the anime version. <laughs> and yeah. and then as soon as I'm like trying to be a good sport and say, I'm really going to get into this movie. I'm going to laugh along with it. I'm going to cheer for the action. So the movie just gets started and every single person goes to sleep. and myself like sean i really don't like dream sequences unless freddy krueger's involved right like i didn't even like inception oh wow so this gets started and i'm like oh my gosh this 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 is boy i'm gonna have to it's gonna be that thing where i have to pretend and smile and say oh yeah yeah it was it was good don't worry it was good and we go in through the first act which is all dealing in the, the realm of dreams or something and this is where if I hadn't seen it at the theater, I would have either started looking at my phone or maybe even just like paused it and said, I'll get back to it and got yeah. up and done something else and never got back to it. So I, I was struggling through this part, but it paid off so well when it gets into the second and third act. Yeah, it, it kind of goes all over. the. Let me go. Let me read the IMDB just to give people that may not have, you know, because the, the trailer is not as specific as all of that. But here's the IMDB plot line. After his family was brutally murdered and his sister turned into a demon, we, we eventually learn that in context clues if you've never seen any of this before. Tanjiro, I'm not going to pronounce the last name's journey as a demon slayer began. Tanjiro and his comrades embark on a new mission aboard the Mugen train on a track to dis, uh, despair. Um, I, I A lot of things kind of confuse me because didn't they just jump onto this train but yet had tickets later? I was confused about that. Okay, so they had tickets, but they still jumped on the train. They were just late. Now, one thing you got to remember, too, is this is a time period in which most people never ride on a train. And yeah, that, well, just, that's another one. I don't know when this is, so to speak. It, Yeah, it's, uh, you know, in the, when I first watched it and did a little review, I thought it was the late Meiji period, but it's like the period right after that, the Tashiro period or something, but still think before world war one. Okay? okay. So, um, and I can speak from experience the first time I rode a train, I didn't know how to do it. No, like I, I you, get you. You get on the train and you sit down and then the train starts moving. Then they come and ask if you got a ticket. Which seems, which seems the opposite way to do, way to do, it, do that, right? doesn't it? Yeah. <laughs> and, and then I wonder what happens if like you lose your ticket. Like that was my biggest fear. Like you I seem- knew I paid for a ticket. I had a ticket. Is this turning into a throw mama from the train scenario? You've seen uh, 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 Temple of Doom. 
Yeah, they just you know how you this works. Trade. You just throw you right on out the window. Good to go. No ticket. <laughs> but anyway, so they had their ticket. I don't think they really knew what they were supposed to do. Plus, like you said, they're getting there late. Not to mention they're dealing with uh, a crazy boarhead man who, come on. <laughs> and also nobody checks for weapons before you get on a train back then. I missed, <laughs> I missed those days when I could take my swords with me on public transportation. Not only public transportation. Everywhere you walk, everything you do, it's anime. By God, you're going to be holding a blade at some point because that's just how things are. Because at and, any t- and, moment, you need you know to defend what? yourself. Tanjiro and the, the yellow guy, I can understand you see them with their swords. It's not raising any eyebrows. But as soon as the dude in the boar's head has two swords on his back, you're going to step back and kind of make sure you're a safe distance, right? Yeah, and that are like the types of swords that you uh, that you would draw when you were a kid that have like a whole lot of gouges and extra hooks in it. Yeah, Very, they're serrated. Uh, <laughs> they're like steak knives. <laughs> it's, they're it's, not for slicing. They're for dicing, man. <laughs> it's a Rob Liefeld knife, if you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. It's just, it's all which, over the place. And you're like, that's Which that's also means they're my favorite swords in the whole thing. And I'm a bit of a sword connoisseur. So I love those serrated swords. Oh, man. Get those like... I just I, I see them because he's got two of them having one in one hand and one in the other and then just getting hooked on each other all the time going God damn it come on just hold on trying to get it out that's what that's the problem I would have with it oh man and uh, so the dream scenes get going and I'm just not feeling it I'm like the name of this movie's Demon Slayer they need to start slaying some demons but I will say this I don't want to not give it its due the the art on those landscapes like the snowy forest and everything when when the one guy's in his dreams making charcoal with his family the main character Tanjiro those are pretty darned impressive landscapes man the the beauty of the image on the big screen in particular was just I mean breathtaking might be an overused way to describe that but it was pretty darn amazing in my opinion that's why I was I was the entire animation style of this movie is was very interesting to me because there's a lot of regular kind of 2D cell looking animation. Yeah. That animation in and of itself fluctuates. It's it's very all over the place. They don't necessarily stick with one particular style all of the time. And yeah. then stuff can just get kind of uh, so th- you've got that and a whole bunch of like CGI backgrounds and stuff that don't look bad. Not like, you know, those early 90s CGI backgrounds and stuff. These are actually really good looking. And the marriage of those two things uh, was really surprising as well as well as it worked. Oh, yeah. Yeah, especially um, some of the backgrounds, too. You, like you could tell sometimes it was a cell background. Sometimes it was a painted type background. Uh but but it also would switch back and forth too. It wasn't always just one kind of background either. Yeah, it's it's a very kind of again. This is not a negative term, but it's a very busy show. There's a lot of things going on. A lot of things are constantly changing. Um, and for a show that kind of is like, uh, it's all it just it it keeps your attention enough. There's, there's, even though there's some things in here that you wouldn't go like, boy, that's edge of your seat excitement or anything. Um, between the animation style changing and the over the topness of certain points, you can't help but not watch this thing. It's, it's and, very, it's very watchable because you're like, I have no idea what I'm watching or where this is going to go. And I kind of can't wait to see. And, you know, I'm just going to use the vernacular that you and I are familiar with. But once they start actually fighting the demons, I start to see, okay, so we've got like these three Padawan and then we've got a, we've got Obi-Wan uh, sitting on the train too, you know, the fire guy. Yeah, who is hilarious, by the way. I love that this character, except for times when he wants to, he does not blink. Yeah. <laughs> ever. And we get introduced to him by eating, he's eating this meal. Delicious. Tasty. Tasty. <laughs> so, well, it was tasty. Did you see a... Uh, because mine was mine, uh, mine was dubbed because they could not have us reading subtitles as we were being jostled <laughs> well, about. My, yeah, mine was sub, and it said "delicious, delicious, delicious." Everybody screamed at the top of his lungs. Oh, delicious! For us, it was great because tasty, tasty, <laughs> tasty. And, yeah, and his voice did sound like he was angry about how much he was liking it. But too. he was just like looking straight ahead, not blinking, consistently saying "tasty," and it, it was at this point. I felt kind of like I did when I saw um, What We Do in the Shadows. So What We Do in the Shadows, uh, this vampire movie, I saw it in an art house, right? 
And I think everyone that was in there did not know what they were going to see. Because the beginning of that movie has this really great joke. There's no dialogue. It's all just kind of a visual joke and everything. And I was just laughing my head off. And I'm just I'm looking around going, is no one else finding this hilarious? Because it absolutely <laughs> is. I don't think they realized until like maybe 10 minutes in that this is an actual comedy. And that's how I felt with this one is is me and my brother are just laughing our asses off at this guy just going, tasty! <laughs> and like all the like really <laughs> bananas stuff that goes on here. But you do, I think people realize, or at least I didn't, I stopped caring that people may not have cared. But man, there is a lot of just stupid, funny stuff in this movie. Yes. It's just so, it's and hilarious. There's there's both intentional and I would say a little unintentional comedy oh, too. Oh, for sure. We haven't gotten to that yet. Now, how did you feel once the fighting got started? Because that's when this movie went from me um, thinking I was just going to do this because I wanted to be a good father to really being glad I was here. Because I love this movie from the point where the fighting starts on. Like once once Tanjiro gets out of his dream and then the fighting happens, I'm really into this fighting. And it's got a peculiar pace to it. Uh, it's not like the kind of fighting scenes we're used to seeing either. Yeah, it's uh again this this movie it, it is an anime and it screams that it's an anime all the time at you. <laughs> so you better be on board for that. Uh and that's what I I like about it is that it it leans into those kind of insane tropes and everything but you just don't care because that's kind of what you're along on on the ride for. Some of the now, Go ahead. How did it strike you when you saw the first sword attack? Because I was not prepared for what a sword attack was going to look like on screen. Now, which one was this one again? There's so much so uh, much weird stuff went on in this movie. You know, any of them. But every time they, like, pull out their sword and they start to attack, they say, like, uh, fire fire attack, 10th form. And then oh, yes. Announcing they swing the sword crap. and, like, a, a dragon made of flames comes out and flies in a big circle and chomps down on the demon. Now, the first time I saw one of those attacks, I was like, cool, we're going to see a sword fight. The guy pulls out his sword. I'm expecting him to chop at the demon. And then when this, I think the one that really caught my attention is a gigantic water serpent flies out and goes around in a circle and splashes on the guy. I wasn't expecting that. My jaw really did drop open, and I probably shouted a little bit out loud and went, whoa, because I wasn't prepared for something of that level of coolness to come out of the sword. Now imagine your seat rocking left and right violently <laughs> and then splashing water in your face. That's what happened to me. <laughs> so, like, sometimes it was hard to under like remember what you saw because you're just being tossed around like a rag doll. <laughs> so... Did it have any amazement, or was that like kind of what you expected? Oh, I didn't know. Like I said, it's it's all over the place because you have this sort of, I don't know, weird, like you said, some weird system where it's just like, here's all these powers, the different levels of these things. I don't understand how anything works, but it, it ends up like, uh, you know, Star Trek The Next Generation where you just start hearing some words and you're just like, well, yeah, that stuff. And and I would like find myself mesmerized because there's really two fights, but each one of those fights is about 45 minutes. It seems like, yeah, they're long, they're, uh, involved, but like you never, well, maybe I don't want to say never, but there are about halfway through like each one. You're just like, well, we're still going here, aren't we? <laughs> and, but I never got like that adrenaline saturation. Like I've seen movies that just go too far, too hard and suddenly just kind of get numb to it and it yes. loses its interest. So like there would be a volley of attacks and then there'd be like five, six, seven minutes of an internal monologue contemplating the nature of demons and humans and battle and life and love. And, and like that really got me. I, I thought that was a cool way to break up the fight, you know, and, and to make it so you didn't get that adrenaline saturation that you can get sometimes with too much action and not a breather in between. Yeah. And, and, and I don't, you know, I hate to skip forward on all the details. Like how much are we spoiling this? Uh, well, from this point out, we can spoil all this stuff. So uh, if, if in this, you find crazy enough at this point and you go, Oh, I want to check this out. It's available in theaters. My guess is probably, you can probably do it on demand. Maybe. I don't know. I think it's maybe right now theaters only. Oh, well, check it out in theaters. And, uh, but, but it's playing but a lot again, of again, I'm far like. from an expert. I could be absolutely wrong on that. Me too. But um, so the, the train, the whole train is a demon, we find out, which is really cool. 
Yeah, I, I never thought like I mean there there's a lot of uh weird little things like that where you go, Oh, well, you I can't say that I've seen that before. That's this whole movie is just like a big giant you, let's guess where things are going. You're not even gonna come close. Not even remotely close. And then when uh Tanjiro works along with uh the wild man Anoski and they finally do kill the demon train or the train demon, I don't know which comes first. Which <laughs> is more important that he's a demon or that he's a train? I think demon demon train, yeah. And and I'm used to, you know, the villain or even the hero or whoever dies, they have their last words, right? Yeah. My goodness, I didn't expect your last words to have to be divided into two volumes like one of those Brandon Sanderson books that the printing <laughs> can't bind them all in one. And and that's where I get some of the unintentional comedy because I know it's supposed to be emotional and touching, but I start thinking of Deadpool 2 when he just keeps going on and on when he dies, and I, I can't help but start laughing even though what he's saying is not funny. And then he's even saying things like, oh, my body is dissolving and flowing away. How could this be happening to me? And and I was like, wow, he is actually narrating. I, like, maybe they're really popular with people who can't see. <laughs> so they go and they like to hear what's going on. You, you will know, you've seen movies with that that thing where it gives you, like, the descriptive. Oh, the audio descriptive thing, yeah. yeah. Oh, hit one of those by accident for a DV, on a DVD or something at some point, and you're going to be like, what, what's going on? White text on a black background. And you're like, why? Hold oh, oh, shit. Where's the remote? <laughs> but anyway, so I really got to where, like, and, and I don't mean this in a negative at all. I'm just so uh, unexposed to these kind of storytelling devices that, man, the longer some of those monologues would go on, the happier I was. Like, like I would sit there and I was cheering for it to have another couple of paragraphs before they were done. You know, it's like, let's set a record. Let's make the longest one ever here. You will never not know what someone is thinking in this movie. <laughs> but I do kind of like that. I mean, some of the contemplation really helps if you're like me and you and you don't know the characters and you don't know what's going on when you first set in. By the time I left this show, I felt like I had a good grasp on the property yeah i felt like it, it actually made me want to go and, and and seek out more of it because it was like okay well i'm interested enough in it and you do get invested in these characters and kind of again the psyche of these characters because when we go into their dreams you are literally in their head now the nice part with me is that like when when tanjiro goes into his dream and everything he goes back to his home and his family is there and alive and so my brother actually whispers to me he goes uh, his family is actually dead in the show and i'm like okay that makes sense because if you didn't know that it takes you a, a while to figure it out and I don't know if I would have figured out that Nezco, the demon girl, was his sister if my daughter didn't tell me. I thought they were just carrying a demon girl around because, I mean, if you got the option, why not? They kind of say a little bit about well, it, but not I, enough I heard, to where you really, you know, hear like it when he's When he's fighting the train demon, I heard him say, your little sister down there is fighting better than I would have thought. And I thought, well, everybody's assuming it's his little sister because they don't think it's a demon. But then I found out, no, it really is his sister. Or it's like one of those things where, you know, you just call somebody that's, you know, in good standing uncle. Yeah. Kind yeah. of things where it's just like, oh, we, we just call him uncle, whatever. Like I could see it like he's walking through the woods. He finds a demon and he just tells people it's his sister so they don't ask questions. Yeah. I, I that was one where I'm just like, okay, what why is she got the thing in her mouth? Did not let her speak. I mean, I guess some demon stuff maybe. I don't <laughs> she know. She got the thing in her mouth so she doesn't eat any humans. I, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I had that explained to me, so I didn't have to figure that one out. Yeah, there there's some things that if you don't know, you you will be scratching your head, but at the same time too, there's so much of it that you just go, "Eh, you, you don't even think about it too much. You just kind of go with the flow because it's just insane." Now, where the movie went from good to great for me was when I thought it was over because they defeated the demon train. Yeah, I thought and I was then, just like, oh, well, that's the end of this movie. That's OK. That was that was that was kind of a lot of fun, especially with my amusement park ride. And then there was practically another movie right after that. Yes, yes. The upper level three demon <laughs> or the upper three demon or whatever. He He just pops out and he wants to start fighting the. Like the the Jedi Master, the I don't remember if they call him Hashira or Harisha. There's like a term for their this level of demon slayer in the core, like the best of the best. And uh, it's like you're getting to see 
Master Yoda fight against a, a Sith Lord. You know, it's it's pretty cool. And and then I'm starting to find out that like because he's a good fighter, the demon's actually offering to let him be a demon. Like like it's kind of cool. You know, like vampire lore or something. Oh, was it like Kanjiro Rengoku, something like that? Is that right? Rengoku. Yeah, that was yeah. it. Rengoku. There's so many. Like I said, there's there's all of these anime names, and they're like these super long ones where you're like, all righty. And, and he uses the fire forms or the fire style or something. So all of his sword attacks look amazing. Plus, he's like, now I was corrected that none of this is magic. This is all from total breathing concentration. It's all learned. But it looks like magic on the screen, right? Yeah. You know, even though, you know, people corrected me, it's not magic, but it looks like magic on screen. And this guy has all these powers. We see this epic fight with this upper three demon and it went from good to great there. Cause I'm really into this fight. Tanjiro has been stabbed and he's on the verge of death. And we see this Rengoku guy, like, and just remember kids, if you get stabbed, demon. all you have to do, if you get stabbed, you just breathe real hard. Think about closing up that wound and it's going to happen. You'll be fine. Yes, but it's not magic. Not magic, though. <laughs> Just good old-fashioned science. <laughs> Total concentration breathing. And, and I, you know, we get the idea, just from the movie, even if you don't know anything about the show, we get the idea that this guy's a big deal. Yeah, this... The- uh, oh, the, the swordsman, yeah. Well, I mean, come on. Well, both the swordsman and the demon. We get the idea, like, what we're seeing here is this is uh, Luke versus Vader at the end of Jedi. And to have this guy who uh, just completely regenerates all of the time and, you know, just talking smack to him, just going like, look, join the demon side. You got to come over here. It is. It's absolutely Empire Strikes Back. It's just like, join the demons. You and I can fight for it. He was just looking for somebody to fight with. He was looking for a partner. That's all yeah. they wanted was just somebody to rumble with on a regular basis. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, it's one of those things where everybody loses in the end, I guess. I think so. And and then we get a whole lot of reaction shots on people dealing with the fact that this guy who I guess was the best of them, if even he couldn't survive the encounter, even though he won in a way, he still didn't survive the encounter and seeing how everybody's come to terms with that. That was probably lost on me because I didn't have attachment to the show. Well, at the same time too, though, I I just kind of, I looked at all these characters. I'm like, you guys met him 15 minutes ago. What, why why do you, he's just like, I mean, it's like they talked to like Abe Lincoln or something. I don't know what the deal was, but they were broken up as if, you know, somebody just of this big stature that they've known their entire life died. It's like, you just met this guy on a train a couple hours ago. Sure. You fought stuff and sure. He was awesome. I loved his just like, okay, there are eight cars here. Uh, I'm going to take the back five. All right. (laughs) I get. I get the idea though that he had a, rep- a reputation that preceded him, like he was already famous. So I, yeah, probably. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Is there a, a celebrity you really would like to meet, or somebody doesn't have to be a celebrity, but just someone famous you've never met that you'd like to meet, maybe learn from or spend some time with them? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So for me, let's just say Wilford Brimley. That's somebody everybody can relate to. Of course. So what if one day Wilford Brimley, you finally meet him, and he says, "I'm going to teach you how to be a weatherman." And then later that same day, he's murdered. Like, you're still going to be affected by that. Right. If he takes me, if, if Wilford Brimley takes me on a tour of the Quaker Oats factory and he dies, <laughs> yes. I'm going to be just de- devastated. Yeah, I was thinking of Willard Scott when I said Wilford Brimley, but it works better that way. I Listen, I like the fact that you think Wilford Brimley <laughs> can do some weather. I think, by the way, did you know that Wilford Brimley was younger than you are when he was in Cocoon? Yeah, I've been reminded of that. Oh, my word. So that means he was way younger than me when he was in the thing. He He's one of those cats that's always looked perpetually old. So him, like James Cromwell's one of those. Uh, what's his name um, from Godfather and everything? There's just a ton of those cats that were like super old all the time. Robert Duvall. Yeah. Robert Duvall's been yeah. 80 years old since, or at least he's been 48 years old since 1972. By the time Wilford Brimley was my age, he was both successful and old. And I feel like I haven't properly done either of those things yet. Ah, You're old enough. Don't worry. (laughs) (laughs) I did buy a cardigan. I'm getting there. Yeah. Well, listen, you you look good in a cardigan, though. But this movie is just bug nuts, bananas. It it did kind of 
get me interested at least to check out what's on Netflix to kind of because I didn't I don't even know where this falls in the timeline. Is it just after the first season it's on Netflix or something? How does it all work out? Where does this movie the, fall? The way it was explained to me is the last episode on Netflix is them going to the train station. Well, shoot. Okay, I'll watch the I'll watch the prequel. I mean, uh, this isn't one of these twenty fucking episodes things, is it? Because twenty six episodes, sweet man. Sweet Jesus! But it's only one season. Is it? Are they at least half hour episodes? Yeah, they're half hour episodes. All right, all right, like twenty four okay. minutes or something. All right, I but, can deal with that. That's that's not that's not too bad. I mean, if there was like hour long episodes, I'd be like, Pro. it's like eleven to twelve hours the whole thing. All right, that's not as bad. But I'm gonna say this was one of the the best kind of. Uh, enjoyable movies for me because it was a total surprise. And like I saw this in Mortal Kombat in the same evening, and this was far and away the better experience for me. Yeah. Uh, I, again, I had no clue going in, and boy, I was just excited. I, I loved it. It seemed like it, in, a, in a time where we get so many movies that are cookie-cutter that are the same kind of thing that when you watch it in the first 10 minutes, you know exactly where this thing is going. And this is not that. This is so wild and so crazy. And just the art style is all over the place. The tone is all over the place. But that makes you like it. Oh, it, yeah. It doesn't, that like in most it other things, that would attract. Yeah. I mean, you're never going to get bored really even in the parts where i didn't like the story there was enough visually there to keep me sort of engaged though like i said before if i was at home i wouldn't have made it to the parts that i loved so i'm glad i saw this in the theater yeah and even in even in 4dx the nice part is even some of those boring parts can become crazy when like you know you're riding the train and you feel the yeah your your chair there little rocking side to side when you're on the outside the wind brushing at your face and everything when the yellow character was out at the uh like in the in the forest there or whatever. That's the only time we got some smell, a little bit of like kind of grass smell and everything. I was really I was really peeved that in a movie where they were talking about a stinky demon the entire time, I got no other smells. A little bit peeved. <laughs> now, do they make those 4DX setups for the home theater? You technically can do some sort of stuff like that. There is encoded in a lot of DVDs. If you look on the back and look in the tiny little small print, you'll see something called D-Box. D-Box uh, is a standard that uh, started out in the theaters. I don't know if any of the ones that are like 40X particularly use D-Box, but all of that information would probably be sent over to the D-Box stuff. And that, if you have kind of these chairs with that can pair with that, uh, man, because there's a whole bunch of shit, it, but you can do it. I don't care how much it costs. I'd like to do it. Throw my dog in the chair, pop on a Fast and Furious movie, watch his eyes pop out of his head. Yeah, I mean, trust <laughs> me, that's this is it's probably what I'm want to do during that the next Fast and the Furious movie because it just it's come on, it's stupid, it's so, so dumb, and you're gonna be rocking and rolling all over the place. Hell yeah! Yeah, I don't think I've ever seen a 40x, but I have seen D box movies in the theater yes, in Maryland, exactly in Bethesda, Maryland, of all places. So it's it, yeah, it's like that, but just add like some more weather stuff to you. Yeah, a there lot was of no smells going. or water or anything. It was just the motion. Yeah, and it again, I haven't been to a perfect one of these uh, D, or uh, 4DX things before because there was like a ton of snow in this and there was like one time where like just this pitiful ass snow came out from like the left front of the screen and it just kind of like there it is, there's your snow. I'm like that's lame. What the this, hell is that it about? Sounds, it sounds like they're going for the thing the amusement parks do, but they've only got to keep it up for 15 minutes, not for two hours. Exactly. And that's that's the thing, is that if that's what you... If you've been on one of those, like an amusement park... The Shrek ride does this at Universal. Yeah, uh, yeah so it, it's like that, but for two full hours. <laughs> Sometimes <laughs> oh, it works in like... And I saw like um, Spider-Man Homecoming in 4DX, and it was fine. This is all right. I mean, like sometimes you're going to get great ones. Sometimes you're going to get not so great ones. This one could have been utilized more. I don't know if it was the theater, how things are programmed, because that's the problem that you get into is that there's so many different variables at that point. It could be a how those people programmed it. B how the theater uh, are they supplied with all the things that they need in order to make all of those things work. Is that timed with the movie correctly? There's just it compounds rather quickly. So. Because I, I mean, so many I have, elements. 
I've never worked in a theater that has 40X, but I've worked at other places where if like you run out of one thing, you don't stop the show. You just keep going until that new thing comes in. That might be two or three days. Oh, I'm sure. I'm, I'm sure that's the case because like there's been times where, you know, I've sat different places and stuff and smelled things in one and didn't in the other. I don't know. It's weird because I, I saw that Godzilla movie twice in 4DX because I just I loved it so much. The the whole experience of it. When that movie ended, the first one time that I saw it, the audience applauded like we were at the end of a ride. Yeah, I would imagine you want to see that kind of thing on opening night if you can, when they've got like full well, you want to be the second showing because they gotta prime the pumps and everything on the first showing. Yeah, maybe. I don't it, they're it, not gonna be out of anything by the second. They're gonna have their their game going on point. They would hate me working in a theater because I would have so many questions. It would not stop bothering them if things weren't <laughs> perfect because I'm just, I'm very anal that way. And I, I can't get all of the stuff that I want working in the theater that I work at to go correctly. So I couldn't imagine having all of this other crap put into there. I'll say this though. I'm pretty sure that I don't know this. I'll ask my boss. Cause she was, uh, she was working there. I think that was a laser projector in the 40 X cause man, oh man, did it look good. It was yeah. just a nice uniform, bright color, and everything, uh, much more than I've than you see in the majority of uh, digital showings these days. It looks so good. And, and you know, I guess I, I imagine my theater has like minimum requirement projector or something, but it still looked really good. So maybe the minimum requirements of 4K projector or something now, but it, it's it looked really good even at my place. Yeah, sometimes yeah. Think places have gone uh, have gone a lot uphill in the last couple of years and stuff, and I don't know given the last you know year pandemic and everything where stuff stands at that point. Uh, but Regal at some point is planning to go do all of their theaters in uh, in laser at some point, which will end up saving a boatload of money because even if you run it at like full blast and everything, your lamp's going to last like ten thousand hours. Oh, that's not bad at all. Yeah, which, that sounds good. Which where, uh, you know, you're lucky if you, I forget exactly, maybe it's even more than that, but there's at least like, you know, a couple thousand hours maybe on a bulb and those get all kind of crappy and everything. So digital projectors still have, you know, big proper bulbs and everything that you put into them. And uh, it all depends. If We got old projectors and they're not super great. So by the, I, I hope we can get to a point where all movie theaters, you know, jump over to laser. Cause it's such a, a brighter, more consistent picture that just looks really good. And is uh, kind of the promise that we've been having for digital it's, over it's the last that, 20 years. that hasn't really come to fruition. It's that now. serious business quandary where you're scared to invest more money in something that's struggling, but at the same time, maybe that investment will bring people to your place and not the next. It's always one of those teeter totters man yeah it's 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 tough to figure all that kind of stuff out but uh maybe we'll get there soon enough and get people back into the theaters and uh uh so well, i think demon slayer might be the thing to do it man seriously it's bizarre it, it, it's I, huge overseas and it's not small here i mean 22 million dollar opening night or something crazy i was about to say what did it make here i heard it was something yeah, opening weekend in the usa 21.1 million dollars that's, That's a wild. good opening when a good opening weekend for a foreign language film. Yeah, during, no kidding. you know, during a time when not every theater's open yet. And then I I don't know if I saw in Japan that it was I don't know what the context was, but it was a very big opening. It may be their I know it was definitely their number one film, but it made it sound like maybe their highest opening for an animated feature ever. So this is wow. really capturing some people's uh, opinions, attention. The cumulative worldwide gross, $409 million so far. That's pretty good because the budget was uh, only like two seventy-five. That's crazy. So no, yeah, I don't good. know what the budget was. I just I, made up a crazy I like, high number. Listen, I like that number. I, I <laughs> wish if IMDB told it to me. I would say it, <laughs> but it's not there. But I, hey, I, it's got me interested enough in to just kind of check out that first season. And I'm glad my brother saw at least a little bit of it so I could have a tiny bit explained to me so I wasn't completely in the dark. But I only told him to tell me afterwards because I didn't want to know. I'm like, I know nothing. Yeah. Don't tell me anything. And the only one that he told me in the theater was just like, oh, his family's originally dead. And I'm like, oh, okay, that makes more sense than whatever the hell's going on here. I, I didn't get this it. Is I think this is a fun one to go into cold because it's going to seem so bizarre. And by the end, you're going to seem like you're, you've been cool with it all along. I mean, it, it really does maintain an, uh, a great balance for uh, 
being accessible to new people without alienating the base. You know, it's, it's that's a tough line to walk for people. Yeah, it, it, it works well enough for me. So uh, if indeed you uh, want to see, and I also think that if you have listened to this podcast and everything that we've said and you go, oh, that's still, I haven't seen it, but that still kind of sounds cool and everything, you still don't know what you're in for. Every, with everything yeah. that we've told you that you think, oh, I know exactly how all this is going to work. No, you don't. No, you don't. You it's, don't know what the hell you're going to see because this thing is, this thing's nuts. You're going to find something in it you probably haven't seen before. That's, unless you've already seen, you know, the show and stuff. Yeah, maybe then. But, yeah, if, if you're not familiar with this show, you're going to be like, uh, all right, I guess. And then when you start describing it to people, they're all going to be scratching their heads going like, you're, you saw what now? <laughs> <laughs> the title alone is going to have them tune you out. Yeah. It's like, come on, just go. On. I want to see the Demon Slayer. Like, okay, really? M- Mugen Train? No, get out of here, you crazy idiot. Uh, well, Bruce, thanks for coming on the episode, man. Uh, yeah, no problem. I, I, if, uh, if you would like to get, uh, well, I've got another one too. So uh, it looks like we may have some people from other podcasts uh, join us, and not too awful long. So I've got, uh, I've got a couple of feelers out, and people have uh, expressed some interest. So I'm going to be doing that, and I'm going to be dropping some other uh, short episodes and stuff this week, talking about a little bit of this, that, and the other thing. So uh, why don't you do yourself a favor and stay subscribed for all that kind of good stuff. My guess is most of you know who Bruce is, but if not, Bruce, where can we find more of your work on the internet? Uh, you know, you can check me out on Hero Movie Podcast, Marvel 30 Questions, and uh, go check out my YouTube channel, youtube.com slash C slash Bruce Leslie. I did a pretty quick turnaround Demon Slayer video there, and that's when I found out people kind of like this property because it got, you know, everything's relative. But for my channel, it got a lot of views. For other channels, you might not think that's a lot of views, but we're looking at Three about three thousand views in the first uh, thirty six hours or something. That's a big deal to me. So yeah, I'll be doing more. <laughs> I'll be doing follow ups. Hey, listen, I, that's at the same time too. I'm like, hey, I, I hope this episode gets some <laughs> downloads and everything, and not too much hate. We liked the movie, so don't, for yes. all the things that we got wrong and don't know X, Y, and Z, don't don't take it back on us, man. Because uh, we we didn't We're know we don't know about this kind of stuff, but we did like it. We we liked it and are are looking forward to more, and uh, we look forward to uh, hearing more from you and all of the other fine fine people out there. Uh, so that's it, everybody. Join me next time when I'm talking about who knows what. Uh, For Bruce Leslie, my name is Adam Portress. See you next time. me the uh i i that this is the song from the end of the movie and uh it's just i don't know there's just something about like just the over dramatic anime songs that i just love so much oh man yeah you can you can like go to youtube and find just uh i don't know kind of like collections of openings and closings or whatever they call them and just and, and they always start off with like the part where you think it's one kind of song and then it changes into another kind of song. We start at one place and end up at another, but it's always just like, I don't know. I, I, I they feel like the most sincere thing ever. Even yes. like on, when they're on, uh, like there's action ones that would make you think that they're like on action shows and vice versa action shows that play something at the end that makes you go like, Oh, that's uh that's weird. <laughs> I don't know that that would be the the choice that I would put for this wild, crazy action thing that I've seen. So it's either, you know, way over the top or just kind of like, ooh, nice and nice and mellow. Yes. Oh, man, the 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 background music at uh, Asian restaurants around 95. That's what a lot of it reminds me of, too, sometimes. Oh, man, we were me and my brother <laughs> sat in the uh, the local uh, Chinese restaurant once. And I swear to you, in the same meal, we heard, uh, I was listening. I'm like, wait, what is this? What is, I know this song. And like, cause it's just, it's an instrumental. And I'm like, well, 
this is the theme from Once Upon a Time in China. And it was. <laughs> it was the theme from Once Upon a Time in China. And in that same sitting, uh, Twinkle, Twinkle, Little Star, or ABCs, whichever, you know, because it's <laughs> the same tune. Pick. It was the instrumental version. But you're listening, you're like, what, what the hell is this? I mean, how do we go from Once Upon a Time in China to ABCDEFG? <laughs> Oh man, it's whatever they had handy. They're just like, okay, that's just what we're doing. We don't care. All right, buddy. Well, thank you for uh hanging out, man. No problem. It was fun. Good to talk about something. All right, but have a good one. You too.